three, two, one. Welcome back to the Bushnell Project. John Bushnell here. And excited to keep reading in, in the Word here. We are in Exodus. We are wrapping up chapter 27. A lot of it, well, all of this right now has to do with the tabernacle, the tent of meetings, the courtyard. And we're going to even talk about the oil for the lamp. And that's where we're at. Verse 20 of chapter 27. So let's check. Let's dive in. Verse 20. You shall command the people of Israel that they bring to you pure beaten olive oil for the light. That a lamp may regularly be set up to burn. In the tent of meeting, outside the veil that is before the testimony, Aaron and his sons shall tend it from evening to morning before the Lord. It shall be a statue forever to be observed throughout their generations by the people of Israel. And that's where chapter 27 ends. Chapter 28 starts with, Then bring near to you Aaron, your brother, and his sons with him from among the people of Israel to serve me as priest. Aaron and Aaron's sons, Nadab and Abihu, Eleazar and Ithmar. And you shall make holy garments for Aaron, your brother, for, for glory and for beauty. And that's verse 1 and 2. We'll stop there because we're getting, that's what's, what's coming up next, right? So we have the oil for the lamp, which is always good, right? Be prepared. If you're going to be doing something in a room that has no windows and you're going to be doing it at night, it's going to be very, very dark. And so having the oil for the lamp is a really, really good thing. Good to be prepared. So God is helping them to be prepared. But the other thing that's interesting to observe about this is that he is commanding Aaron and his sons that from evening to morning that they are going to stand vigil, if you will, in this place. And so there is a work to be done, a very difficult work, if you will, to be done so that there is a connection between God, the Holy One of Israel, and the people. Now that work has been done in Christ Jesus for us, so we don't have to do these rituals. We don't have to wear the garments that we're going to see that are going to be made for Aaron and his sons. We don't have to have this tent of meeting, or which will eventually become the, the temple. Right, So we live in, not only the 21st century, right, but we live in a time after the Messiah has come. So all of the Old Testament was pointing toward this Messiah, this Savior that was going to come and redeem God's people and pay the, the payment that was due for our sins. A big fancy word for that would be propitiation, right? And it means that there is a punishment due someone, that someone being all of us, and that someone else or something else takes on that punishment, becomes our propitiation, in other words, and absorbs that punishment. Um, like a Superman standing between you and a locomotive that's charging your way. There is no, you have no chance if a locomotive is barreling down on you and your vehicle. You have no chance whatsoever. Superman gets in the way, 
But I guess you do. Well, the wrath of God is a thousand million times greater than a speeding locomotive. And we are due that wrath. But Jesus stands between us and the wrath of God. He takes it. It kills him. But it leaves us unscarred. And we are able to have this fellowship with God. And, of course, God raises his son from the dead. And so that's the that's the gospel in a nutshell. It's the greatness of God and his humanity and his, his humility to take on our sins, to die for us on the cross for his own creation, right? And but all of this in Exodus is pointing toward that to have fellowship with God there has to be blood spilt there has to be a something that can absorb the wrath of God and so these men these priests in a sense are interceding or going between us and God because we would come we could not be cleansed enough not that the priests could either but God was giving away say look if they come dress this way, into this place, do as I say, then my wrath will not be on them even though they deserve it. And the payment really hasn't been paid. It will be, but it hasn't because it's going to be and and then we'll do it this way for now. So this is a temporary fix for the, for the biggest problem in the world. And God has got a plan for the, the final fix. But we live after that final fix. So we, we live in the new house, if you will, that's all been done upright. And Jesus Christ is why it has been done upright because he took on our, took on our sins well, took, and, and took our punishment. And so as I remember as a leading youth, you know, he paid a debt we could not pay, right? And so... We had the opportunity to have fellowship with God because of that. But some people might say, well, then why are we reading this? Why do we go through some of the stuff in the Old Testament? It's for us to realize, again, that God is, takes in all the details. He doesn't miss anything. And it's the same thing with our lives. He knows the details of our lives. He doesn't miss anything. So don't fool yourself by thinking, well, God's going to be okay with that. If God's made it clear he's not okay with it, he is aware of that detail in your life. And you should repent, change that way, and get lined up with God. And there's always, you're going to always be doing that because the closer you get to God, the brighter the light is. And the more of you that gets exposed that needs to change. And so you make those changes and you get closer to God. And now there's something new that gets exposed that needs to be changed. And you make the change and you grow closer to God. That's how it works. That's the sanctification process. They use the fancy, uh, the fancy word. All right. So there you go. Propitiation and sanctification all in one morning. God bless you guys. Have a good day. Talk to you soon.